Welcome to Greater Freedom, a weekly podcast about how to build a successful business that lights you up and that you absolutely love whilst living a lifestyle that you are obsessed with. In this podcast, we put freedom at the forefront, financial freedom, time freedom, and freedom to travel the world whilst your business continues to thrive. I'm your host, Nicola Charlotte, a lifestyle-led business coach helping female entrepreneurs to have it all in a way that feels exciting, authentic, and aligned. I'm equal parts business and equal part mindset, here to show you how to use your energy to create that turning heads kind of success. I went from zero to plus five figure months in less than two years, and I'm here to tell you that your biggest, most expansive visions are so possible. In fact, they're so much closer than you think, and I'm gonna help you make that a reality. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Greater Freedom Podcast with me, your host, Nicola Charlotte. And I am today joined today by the lovely Elle, who I'm going to hand over so you can give us a full introduction. But I thought it was quite nice because Elle and I have been connected for a few years now. Um, I think we did a, well, we first met through a business mastermind that we did together back in 2020 and have stayed connected ever since. And it just feels so great to be able to have you on the podcast. And I can't wait to hear a little bit more about your business, freedom, what it is that you do. And I know that it's going to be a super valuable conversation for all of the listeners. So Elle, without further ado, please do introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do. Hello, I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you. Um, and yes, we have actually known each other for a while, haven't we? So it's funny how time just flies and suddenly you realise you've known someone for like two years or three years. Um, so yeah, my name is Elle Mace and I, majority of my work is working as a therapeutic coach. So I'm a master practitioner in disordered eating, eating disorders, whichever, you know, we, we, we say, um, body image, body dysmorphia, which is all connected to your self-worth. So working with people with low self-worth. And I'm also trained in positive psychology. So I kind of incorporate that into the whole piece of building up people's self-worth, self-esteem and healing their relationship essentially with themselves, but also with others. Um, because again, like it's all connected and it's like, you know, often the food and the body piece is just a coping mechanism for, you know, other stuff. So that's, um, you know, that's my, that's what I spend sort of 80% of my time doing. And then 20% of my time, I spend business coaching and mentoring coaches who want to do what I, what, what I do in my niche. So, um, whether that's, disordered eating or kind of like personal trainers trying to get into the, the disordered eating body dysmorphia health coaching mm, that kind yes, of I did have a look shape. on your Instagram earlier so I always like to check people's titles because I know that it can kind of change as people evolve etc and I saw master practitioner I was like oh my goodness what does that even mean that just feels like that's some sort of like just yeah amazing and, and that totally makes sense and I think it's so interesting And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because obviously a lot of what we talk about here is freedom and what freedom means to you, which is what I'm going to ask you in a moment. But so interesting to take this stance of body image, self-worth, and ultimately how this is impacting people's level of freedom 
based on their relationship with food or their body or you know their mindset ultimately as well so before we delve into that I'd love to know what Mm. freedom means to you Mm, yeah freedom means as you're talking what comes up for me is two different things so for me personally in my journey my experience freedom means previously freedom away from the low self-worth away from the disordered eating I had eating disorders for like 17 years of my life I was had body dysmorphia so that freedom to be able to live my life however I want it go to the restaurant with my friend last minute eat you know eat what I want to or you know or not eat if I don't want to to be able to just go on holiday and not worry about what my body looked like and that is so important to me because I lived Mm. by so many food rules for so long which then meant that I had all these other really unhealthy and unwanted habits like people pleasing like a boundary so that also didn't enable me to have any freedom I wasn't ever doing anything from a place of thinking about myself um so freedom to me means like that just living life spontaneously taking action from what do I want right now as opposed Mm. to like should or would or what's going to happen like the whole you know um, letting your mind sort of run wild and then the other part of freedom which I think maybe because I'm talking to you is is the fact that I'm I do what I want I do this as a job which is my passion and I absolutely love it and I can I can, I I am free. You know, if I want to do work in another country like yourself, I can do that. So I have that freedom to to move my diary, to change things, to go on holiday. And before I did what I did, I worked in the corporate world for, um, well, for years. And, you know, there was only a set amount of Mm. um, annual leave days. There was no going to get your hair done, you know, not on a weekday or whatever. And that didn't really, I, I'm much, I'm much more of a freedom person. I'm much more of a flexible, spontaneous, not being told what to do kind of person. I love that you say that. And I think a lot of people will be able to resonate. And what I, I certainly can is that idea of having ultimately total freedom of choice as to how we spend our time, what we do with our days. But I know from my own journey and having spoken to other women in this space that it's one thing saying that we want to have that lifestyle. But what I found is those rules that we have whilst working in corporate, i.e. the hours that we're working, the amount of holiday we take, you know, what we're typically doing between nine and five, actually carry on to the life that you have as a entrepreneur with your own business. And I just wonder, like, I know it's probably a whole other topic of conversation, but how how did you actually get to a place where you do do whatever you want in your day if you want to get your hair done at three without feeling oh I should be working or this feels a little bit like naughty to not be at my desk at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning so were there any sort of primary boundaries or non-negotiables that you like use now to enable you to have that freedom in your lifestyle that is clearly so important to you? Mm, Yeah. Hmm. So I have a couple of young kids, one's three and one's one. So it is is difficult juggling the business. So I haven't been able to set myself like days, like 
Monday is my content day and Thursday I do this and do that because I've I've spent the last three years literally juggling like someone take my child for two hours and blah, 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 blah. so I don't really I haven't really set myself mm. boundaries I'm very intuitive and I and, you know I love the business so much that it never feels like work so I have had burnout a few times and I've noticed that and I've had to step back and I've had to surrender and let it be but also it's kind of my personality and who I am I'm not no I'm not naturally like a super organizer I am very kind of <laughs> oh I did go <laughs> implement it do it not a lot of thought I know that my life would probably be a lot easier if I actually had set days and times of doing stuff but no I haven't I, I haven't set myself like kind of strict rules I remember leaving the previous business and that previous life of mine and I remember being absolutely terrified um going back to what you were saying about they want the life of freedom but then mm. like actually having it is another thing and I remember just taking that leap and being like so so scared um but yeah I think you've just got each individual person is mm. just gonna like roll with their business as they you know as yeah, and I think as in a, a way that's for sort of your version of freedom, right? You're not having to make decisions. You don't have to have a set plan. You're not living, you know, there's not necessarily a set routine, but it's still a way of living and running your business that works for you. And ultimately that's the most important thing. To some people that's going to be a super organized diary with, you know, a two week plan. Otherwise it's going to be intuitive, spontaneous, like responding to those ideas. So yeah, I, I think that's actually really nice. Yeah, because it's not like we don't have to have a big plan to make it work. It's it's finding what works for you. Um, so if we could kind of rewind yeah. a little bit, I know you mentioned um, in your introduction having um, struggled with um, eating disorders and and body dysmorphia for years and years and years of your life, and I mean that that in itself, I think juggling that with also being a business owner, I can imagine would be incredibly hard because your mind is telling you one thing, but your body's probably asking for something else, whether that is physical hunger pangs or whether it's a lack of energy due to not correctly nourishing your body, etc. So for anyone that's listening that, that, you know, can identify with your story, but isn't necessarily as, as far along in terms of their, their progress or, healing as you are like where where do we start I mean I know that's a massive Mm. question but when you have clients that come to you like I know you mentioned that it's often to do with like the self-worth piece so is there a lot of mindset work linked Mm. to your work I mean yeah talk us through a little bit so that we can um, get a bit of a clearer picture yes Yes. So when I had, when I was suffering from the eating disorders, Mm. I didn't actually run the business that I run myself. I wasn't self-employed. I was working for other people. Had I have had that eating disorder still, or or not even eating sort of dietary chaos I was in, I don't think I would have been able to run Mm. the business as well um, as I have done because like you mentioned, energy, like just your capability to move through emotion, like the journey of running, starting running a business for me has been like the biggest roller coaster. 
And I've learned so much about myself. I've put, I've, my, I've pushed myself so much that actually I wouldn't have been able to cope with that mm. having had been in my dietary chaos because my my brain was thinking too much about food or what I looked like or I wouldn't have been able to put myself out on Instagram because I just would have been constantly batting myself down like that's not good enough you look like this and um and also I what I do for a business I kind of you know some people may not have healed from it and do it but it's been helpful that I've healed because that's how I can help people so much but um yeah like working working before this it was just so consuming but what was also making it worse was the fact that I was I wasn't happy. Um, so I like had a really good job. I was paid well. I could kind of do the job with my eyes closed. It had loads of exciting perks to it. But there was this thing. This it was just like I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is just not fulfilling me. Um, and then that would make my disordered eating worse. So like my my relationship to food, my relationship to my body and my self-worth was just kind of like my coping mechanism as it is yeah. for like nearly 80% of women. Um, others, you know, it could be shopping or drinking or gambling or other self-sabotages. So if there's anything going on around my life, it then uh, this would get worse. The food and body would get worse. So whether that was going for a breakup, having friendship difficulties or not enjoying my job, feeling unfulfilled, it's then kind of like it's it's you know mm. it's it's rearing its ugly head again. So I had to sit and think, right, okay, I've got to get rid of this. I was going for a long healing journey, getting lots of support and, and get out of it. And I realized I need to live a life that's fulfilled mm. in order for this to stay away. And I need to like put myself first mm. in everything, like so that this this lays dormant or this this goes. Um so that was when I was like, I am so obsessed with this. I can now make this change and obviously change to be self-employed. Um, but yeah, for people who are struggling with how they eat, what they eat, their body, their weight, their self-worth in general, their confidence, like my biggest advice is just do something mm-hmm. to start the process of healing it. For some people, it might actually be a really quick process because it might not be too, it might, you might not, your wiring, you know, your, um, your pathways might not be sort of like, so sort of like, um, what's called ingrained in so actually you might be able to make some small changes in your habits and behaviors and feel better about yourself uh, you know with a bit of a practice a bit of a daily practice for some people who have had this for a long time it might take longer you know for me it was a lot longer but you do have to you have to recognize it and you have to accept it because it's not your fault that you have the relationship to food and your body and yourself that you do it is a combination of it can be genetics it can be chemical imbalances it can be environments it could be you know it's it's so many different things you know if if you think about us as children I mean some people wouldn't have had this because they would have grown up in super mindful families but not so much for our generation but if you think about it you know when you were five and you fell over it was like oh let's get you an ice cream so parent carer there is teaching a child when you hurt yourself or you feel sad you need to eat that's like you know a child doesn't have the ability to be like oh they're just trying to be nice and so they're just going to try and give you an ice cream so then we learn from such a young age yeah. that food is there to comfort us. And for some people, they can use that and they can come back out of it, more so males, but that's also changing. But for a lot of people, that is that is then your your belief and your behaviour, and it then is ingrained. So any coping mechanism, you you when you need a coping mechanism through life, you turn to food, and then that can just escalate and escalate, which escalates mm. into the emotional eating, the binge eating, which 
then goes around into a circle of the restriction and then that's when you're in something which we call dietary chaos when you're just like mm. I don't know what to do with my food mm. I'm just so out and it's it, I mean so many interesting things then I'd never actually thought about that um we'll get you an ice cream if you've hurt yourself but it's so true because that's that way of kind of masking the initial pain with something pleasurable but actually that's not helping the fact that you've got a cut on your leg you know in the same way which the like the analogy yeah. reminds me as well not that I can say this is applicable to me because I don't really drink much but when people are hung over the immediate thought is oh we'll get a takeaway or get a pizza almost to kind of forget the headache or the slugginess and actually feel good by eating tasty food. But an hour later, you're probably going to feel worse because not only have you eaten a massive greasy burger or whatever it is, but you still got the headache from the hangover type thing. Um, So I suppose the, the kind of reflection there is being curious with some of those rules or beliefs around food and actually questioning whether they're still serving you like based on where you are now yeah exactly that is the question is this serving me is this a a healthy habit and behavior for me to have and you know not really for anything you know when you're stressed turning to a drink you know yeah okay it's, it's okay but still how about you process that emotion and you know building emotional resilience was 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 like mm, the biggest thing that I had to do going back over my life and being like ah so that happened to me I obviously in that moment kind of you know as such at my emotions or didn't eat my emotions um but actually really what should have happened there is I should have talked that through with somebody I should have you know expressed my anger or frustration and that is like the biggest mm-hmm. tool for people now so is a coping mechanism whether it's because you want more control in your life or, or you want less control or whatever it is actually sitting with those icky feelings which is so hard like it's so easy to just continue to be that emotional eater like people can people could do that for the rest of their lives but actually you know and it might not be things that are present yes your boss might have irritated you but and your reaction is towards your boss and then to eat or to for your body dysmorphia to kind of like increase but actually it's probably just a backlash from something five years ago mm. that just is just sat within you sort of yeah manifesting so is away. the kind of key lesson I guess from that point is understanding tools or options for you to process the emotion versus turning to food or drink as a way of masking the the, the trigger or the problem that's maybe sparked anger or frustration or a desire to like reach for you know an unhealthy snack or whatever it is yeah it is it's a mixture of um feeling the emotions processing the emotions but also um introducing new coping mechanisms that will actually serve you so for example playing your favorite song which is going to release those endorphins you're going to get that happy hormone going it's going to raise your you know your, your vibration and actually that's okay because if you did that for the rest of your life mm-hmm. that's benefiting you mixed in with feeling it so you might think okay you know so for example you're just highly stressed you might think I'm just going to go downstairs and eat think okay <clears throat> no I need to process why I'm stressed and if you just are too tired and you're just like I just I can't let's play a song let's walk around the block let's text a friend let's let's 
let's implement those new coping mechanisms and then next time be like okay I just need to process it a bit more now sit with the feeling of mm. feel it and then I'll play my song and then I'll call my friend so you know what we don't want to do is just move one coping mechanism to another even if it's healthier but or you can combine them playing your favorite song while thinking that really stressed me out because that's obviously triggering for me because it reminds me of then and it's like it's such a hard journey it's so exhausting but oh my gosh Mm. like is it needed like the transformation that you have like you will go from having low self-worth to a high self-worth but it's kind of happened in the subconscious so you healing your relationship with food or your or your relate your relationship to others and yourself and your body image, it's all like so connected. You'll be doing the hard work on that, that'll be conscious. But what will be subconscious is just this transformation from low self-worth to high self-worth. And it'll come out and you'll see it. So for me, I didn't go out thinking, I've got to improve my self-worth. I've got to improve. I was going out saying, right, I need to stop binge eating. I need to um, start to enjoy my body or, or whatever, or move more intuitively rather than through you know, sort of punishing myself. And then ultimately over a period of time, I look back and thought, wow, the old me Mm. would have done that, but the new me does this. And it's kind of happening behind the scenes. And that's what happens with my clients. They'll say to me, I just said no to doing something I didn't want. And I just didn't even notice I'd done it. And then I was like, I would never have done that before. But they're not purposely going out there to say no to people. Definitely. And and one of the words that sort of keeps coming up is like that intuitiveness and intuition. And that is obviously something that's like, it's built up, it's a muscle, it's something that we need to put into practice. But I can so see how by sitting with the emotions, feeling the emotions, introducing new coping mechanisms that you do connect more with your intuition, because actually you'll get to a point of thinking, okay, yeah, I am feeling frustrated or sad or angry, but is doing X going to help? No, I actually feel like going to have a hot bath instead or going for a fresh air, fresh air, like walk or speaking to a friend. And the more that we can then connect in with those solutions, the more then we're starting to build up that, you know, more connected relationship with ourselves. Yes, yes, that is connecting to yourself, which is terrifying because I grew up hating myself and you know there's no for me there was no like clear reason I didn't you know I had lots of little traumas as people do but I you know in comparison I there wasn't anything that was like this incident has happened or etc but I absolutely hated myself so it was the thought of even connecting to myself didn't feel good I remember like going through this exercise which I take all my clients through which is getting a photo of yourself when you most hated yourself and putting it up, you know, on your desk or where you always are and looking at it every day, talking to it, making friends of it so that you heal that inner child or that, you know, the inner teenager or whatever it is. And you start to just get so used to looking at that. that you just end up finding so much compassion. And obviously it's, it's hard work, but I remember thinking I should, I should do this. And I was like, I first put it up on my desk and I was just like, Oh, oh my gosh, I just I'm so mean. And now I look back at that photo and I think, how yeah. was I mean to myself? Like, I'm just a sweet little seven-year-old girl just trying to get by. Like, what on earth did mm. I do to hate myself so much? And so that connecting back to yourself 
And being kind to yourself and being nice to yourself and listening mm-hmm. to yourself is so important. And so for, for anyone that's listening that kind of is resonating with that, would you say that that's obviously it's a long journey and I would always recommend, you know, seeking professional help such as, you know, with yourself, but as that starting point, because I imagine that's often what stops people is they don't know where to start or it feels like there's so much to heal that mm-hmm. it's like, I just, I don't do anything. So is there any kind of advice that you can give as to that next step that they can take to start that process? Yeah. Yeah. So starting it is just absolutely key. And there might, there, there'll be a, a load of things you need to work through. There won't just be like this one thing. Um, so you've got to try and step away from it feeling overwhelming. You're not going to go in and for example, see me or someone else and say, right, here's my stuff. Like, like let's get out of this it's going to be baby steps baby steps baby steps because you don't want to feel overwhelmed and when it is baby steps it's really broken down and you don't in well for me and my clients you don't move on to the next step as such you don't move on to the next task until you're comfortable with that first mm. one until you've completed it as such it doesn't mean you've passed anything there's no pass or fail it's just have you tried that have you tried that okay now we'll do this now we'll do this and it builds up and builds up so yeah you know I mean if anyone that hasn't had any therapy, you might see what it looks like on the films. And, you know, it can be very, very different. So actually find someone who's really aligned to you. Find someone who you feel that is um, going to really understand you mm. and you and you feel comfortable to talk to. And, you know, if you are if you are aligned with the right person, then it doesn't necessarily feel like so therapy. Releasing. It can actually just feel like, you know, a kind of a release. Mm. Yeah. And like a friendship. So, it doesn't have to be scary. Just do something to start that step, which might be, there's so many little things you could do, but it might be like starting affirmations or it might be writing down affirmations and putting up the ones that you just feel awful about because then that's something to look into. It might be writing your triggers. What seems, mm. to, what seems to make my blood boil? What seems to piss me off at the moment? Like, let's note these down and see what, what, what could be going on there. It could just be doing a gratitude list. It could be, you know, it could it could just be spending more time being mindful with yourself, or it could be right. I am binge eating. I need this yeah. gone. Let's get to the bottom of this. You know, it could be so different for every single person, and you know, and most therapies mm. are not one size fits all. So make sure you're going to someone that is flexible to who you are, and especially now, like the amount of for for, for my business with body image and eating disorders, like one in three are neuro, neurodivergent. So their therapy needs to be very different from what well, needs to be yeah. it's not even the same as other neurodivergents. It just needs to mm. be needs to be special for them. Um so yeah, and you know what honestly, like I actually found my therapy very hard but very fun. I found I worked with people that I didn't didn't enjoy. I swapped. I found people that I really liked working with. And almost when I was healed, I was like, "Oh, can, yeah. I, can I, I not talk to you again?" Like you you can make it enjoyable. It is a discovery, it is growth, it's self-development mm. like And I think if we kind of link it back to what we were saying at the beginning about, you know, freedom ultimately the motivate the motivation and the fire behind it like ultimately needs to stem from a desire to have greater freedom in your life you know because it's like no longer being controlled by these rules no longer saying no to things due to fear of the, the food or the body image and like I know that might feel like a long way for someone 
But it's like, know that that is possible. It's just starts with taking that one action, taking the responsibility and putting in the the work as anything in life. You know, it requires work, time, etc. Um, and I think something that you said there that's really important is that mm. it might take a little bit of discovering of finding the right therapist or trying different like mechanisms out and processes. But that's OK. That's all part of the process as well. Yeah, that is, that is. And I'm, and yeah, it's, it's so is. And I just think don't underestimate the transformation, like, especially with the people that you work with who need to have that level of self-worth and don't, and, and, you know, and it's going to be destructive to have unwanted coping mechanisms when they're trying to flourish in a business and stuff because of the stress levels and the emotional, all the rest of it. So I just don't underestimate how much getting that sorted like or your people pleasing, for example, or you know whatever it is, sort of can like I think it's like life so, so much, much. To do with energy, and I feel like we could have a whole other conversation on that. But yeah. ultimately, overthinking, overanalyzing, self talk, like inner critic, that's energy draining. As is people pleasing, as is doing things because mm. you feel like you should or have to. So it's not just with food that this is relevant for. It's like, yes, that has a huge impact on your energy, but it's even just that that self-talk, as I said, and, and being able to heal that and treat yourself with more kindness, more compassion, more love, that then has a huge ripple effects on the success mm. of your business and the way that you show up, the way that other people see you, the, the energy that you emit. So it's all this sort of interlinked, complex um thing um but it can you know this this is such a profound topic that impacts I mean I don't even know how many women I'm sure it's far more than we care to even realize um even if it's to a small degree Mm -hmm. so yeah I think for anyone that's listening sort of in a way to kind of wrap up a little bit is to take that one step and to reach out to someone to start exploring having conversations and something that really resonated with me is that it's it's the processing and it's the feeling of the emotion, but it's also introducing more supportive mechanisms that are going to better serve you um, as opposed to just sitting yeah. with that and not doing anything else. It's almost like that habit change where we're replacing the kind of bad habit or the negative habit with a more positive one to start making positive changes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just do something because what, what's the, what do we always say? What, what, what you resist. I love that. We'll end on that note. And thank you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom. I feel like there's literally so many things we could talk about, Um, but lots of, lots of actionables, lots of takeaways and for people that would like to find out more, uh, where's the best place to find you? I'll obviously leave all the links uh, down below as well. Yeah, fab. So my website is www.lmace.com. My Instagram Instagram is at I am Elmace. Um, same as TikTok. And yeah, and then my email is info at Elmace.com. Very Thank you so much yes. again, Elle. And um, any questions for anyone listening, then please reach out to either myself or Elle and we'll be happy to get back to you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, my DMs are always open. So come over and say hi. At Nicola Charlotte Coaching. Bye.